0: Nerds International proudly presents...
1: What you are currently listening to is bonus content, and it will not affect the scheduling of your regular tabletop twats episodes. So, please sit back and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a very special guest for you today. Coming all the way from a tiny cave called the Dave Cave. A cave filled with sordid implements that go in various holes. Expect very much waffling and informal chatter. It's none other than David Middleton. Dungeons and Dragons will not be the game it is if not for constant evolution and innovation. But this I pledge to you, while there will be room for refinement, the game will remain the same. The game will remain the same. The Digital Dungeon Master Welcome, one and all, to the Tabletop Twats bonus edition. This is a big boner this time because we've got three people at once. This is a proper tent this time, a TP, because we've got a special guest.
2: <laughs> a special
1: guest on the podcast this time. It is none other than David Middleton, the digital GM. He is a robot that we have managed to put back together after he fell apart over the weekend trying to put a computer together, and he is here for us live we're talking about a special subject it's his favorite game on the planet his favorite game ever made that's right we're saying that we're saying that 100 percent. that's a fact now it's been said is DD fourth going edition yeah yeah
2: oh, big big bonerlicious right there anytime i hear for you it's, it's bonerlicious. i love it somebody <laughs> artwork in there does get Thanks you for going having me on guys when i was awesome. um
1: that's all right it's good to have you on here man when I was a teenager and, um, you know, before the internet, I, I'm talking like that's a fact as well, it's not. Um, I D and d 4th Edition was, you know, it kept me company on those lonely nights. The reason I wanted to have David on here because we spoke recently. And we we uh, had a little chat about D and D four e and there is a, a fact, you know, the the D and D fourth edition is universally pretty much everyone hates it because, you know, reasons. Everyone says it's a war game. You know, it was a departure. It was uh, it was bad. You know, they they did things they shouldn't have done. Their combat took too long. Everyone was a wizard. All of this kind of shit, and yet. You showed me your shelf the other day, David. When I was I was round yours um, to pick up some of the soap you dropped, and um, yeah, it was amazing. You've got the when biggest four E collection I've ever seen in my life, hey,
2: Dave. Cave. Yeah, yeah. I've I've got every single supplement for Fourth Edition. I absolutely love it. And to you know touch base on what you were saying, yeah, we are in the minority when we talk about we like Fourth Edition we are definitely in the minority on that because most people that I've talked to and and encountered in my stream or you're just talking in general, they, they don't like fourth edition. And here's the sad thing about it. The sad thing is 95% of these people that do not like fourth edition have never even picked up a book and read inside of a fourth edition book or have even played it. Mm -hmm. So, and I can't tell you how many times on the other side of the sword here I can't tell you how many times I've been playing a fourth edition game online in my Twitch channel, and people think that it's fifth edition. You know, it's all up to the Dungeon Master, how they portray the game to the players, so... Mm -hmm you know that 5% that had a bad experience with fourth edition oh it's too tactical It's it reminds me of a of a video game and all that other crap
1: it's, it often reminds me of uh console wars you know when when people buy the ps3 so mm-hmm. they they want to hate on the xbox 360 or or whatever and it's like a lot of people have just bought fifth edition so they want to hate on fourth edition or they they the the mm-hmm. five uh, 3.5ers that want to hate on fourth edition cuz it's a new one they don't want to buy the new books and things like that and I feel like that's a lot of it because I remember these these guys I was at um, London Anime and Gaming Convention once and these guys came up to me and just uh, we we had sort of like common ground so we started talking about um fifth edition and they were like oh we've been playing for for a couple of months now we absolutely love it so i'm doing like a nerd voice there uh, and they were like i love that voice <laughs> They
2: were like to say something
1: <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely love it and i was like oh yeah um you know i, I started playing fourth with fourth edition and they were like what shit you're a moron and all of this and i was like oh yeah have you played it um, and they're like no but i just i just know it's shit and i was like
2: Oh. I was reading on the blogosphere that <laughs> everybody hates fourth edition, so I just jumped on that bandwagon. Oh you yeah, you know sure the voice, you must have met him. <laughs> Same I've I've met plenty of those people. <laughs> yeah. you know, they have the huge piece of tape in the middle of their glasses and shit, you know? But David Sort of like what I probably need to do them on.
1: While you're here. Seeing as you are much more eloquent and um, much better at what you do than we are, why don't you do a, a quick, quick rundown? Explain, explain us what about what do fourth edition is be?
2: Do please. Okie dokie. So fourth edition, there's honestly, there's really not a whole lot of difference between fourth edition and fifth edition. There's a huge difference between three point five and fifth edition because. If you're familiar with 3.5 3.5 is nothing but a rule there's rules upon rules and upon rules but they did simplify it in fourth edition you know they knocked out most of the opportunity attacks but what they did add was variety in classes and I you know I don't I've never met a person in my life that does not like variety mm-hmm you know, and I, and I love 5th edition. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I play a lot of 5th edition. But it lacks in class choices. Sure, there's 12 base classes, everything from bard to wizard. And then most classes have a pretty nice selection of archetypes that you can choose from. But within those archetypes, there's no choices. Except for the only really choices that you have is the sorcerer. With their, you know, all of their spell points and stuff that they can do. The Warlock, they have some pretty nice choices. And the Battlemaster Fighter with all of their maneuvers. If they built every single class and archetype, like the Sorcerer, the Warlock, and the Fighter Battlemaster, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. On my part, anyways. Because I would, you know, I I hold 4th edition a little bit higher than 5th edition, the mechanics are generally the same. The classes are what... It's what does it for me. I love the way that the classes are structured.
1: In 4th tradition, they did actually kind of do that, where every um, class did have different abilities that you could choose from. Yeah. And in, basically, the way they structured the rules in that was that um, in, in fights, you had uh, encounter powers, at-will powers, daily powers, weekly powers, yearly powers... Powers you could only use every decade. No, I didn't go to that Don't level. do forget
2: the lifetime powers.
1: Today. No, the lifetime powers. Those are crazy. from like
2: Marshall Handbook 22 or something like that. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I didn't have that one, but um, it was a good one.
2: <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of variety. I mean, like you said, you got your powers, and you also get to have a lot of ability score improvements. You automatically get feats. So that adds to the customization Of your Mm -hmm. class. There's what, 10,000 powers in fourth edition between all of the the supplements. There's 3,500 feats. There's, you know, 77 classes, 90 races. I mean, the the variety is just insane. Granted, fifth edition will get there in time. But 5th edition will never have the variety 4th edition has, as in, like, getting a level, getting to choose between 10 powers, plus getting a feat, plus getting ability score improvements and half level and all that stuff. Big numbers, man. 4th edition is about big numbers. You can't do that in 5th edition because it's just not... Mechanically engineered that way.
1: I guess that uh, what um, what a lot of people didn't like about it though was the fact that you kind of had, although you had all this variety mechanically, the way they played was kind of the same. I, I think that's what everyone got annoyed about. That's why nobody nobody liked
2: it. But yeah, I think there was a couple factors with that. Mm. I think the the way that the everything had a, a like a small tactical battle map that you could mm. get in tiles from you know one of the three different editions of, well, three different series of tile sets that they came out between the end of 3.5, all the way to the end of fourth edition when it was essentials, Mm. there was a lot of, you know, every time you would have an encounter, here's your little square grid. Here's where every enemy is. You come in here, here's a small description. So I think some people thought that that was a little lacking,
1: it did annoy me and a little bit that you always that had to buy bloody tiles every time you wanted to do a fucking fight or draw your own tiles every time you wanted to do a fucking fight but you know what you could do is um, if you wanted to take a leaf out of the old International Waters book you could find a tile was a lion if you were yeah. that way inclined <laughs> and not, not that we are sad. and we don't condone that at all what I'm saying is is you would never do that because if you did you are a bad person but, but you, I'm just saying, you, you
0: could. Could, yeah. If you wanted, to you could have. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Terrible people,
1: people that, would do that, that In you not know? it? So, you know, right, Nick.
2: I love the tile sets because you don't have to use them for just D and D. You can use them for any any game that you want to.
1: Shadowrun. So, well,
2: you could do that. Yeah. There's some. There's a town tile set. There's several town tile sets. There's caves, forest, dungeons, all kinds of stuff.
1: The Dave Cave Tile Set is available now.
2: <laughs> it is, but it is quite erotic. So there's a lot of <laughs> not right devices that. and dildos lying all over the ground. So you better you look know what? Last this. week we
1: actually did. Um... It's
2: rough terrain when you're in the Dave Cave. You could fall and slip on a dildo. Oops! Oh, let me get that for you.
1: <laughs> you have to roll a reflex save to see if it enters. <laughs> That um, nice to that book oh yeah! Last week we reviewed a sexy game. I wonder if there are any sexy tile sets out there. Well, that could be a challenge for next week. If there, if anyone's ever oh. fapped to a tile set, that that uh, that would be the
2: ultimate. <laughs> what game did you review last week? Um, a no,
1: it was a, it was a supplement for D D three point five called the Book of Erotic Fantasy. Uh
2: yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Oh yeah, that one. I've (laughs) I've got that. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got that book actually. Have you read it? I remember that yes. Yes, so have we, because we didn't
1: pirate it when we reviewed it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wizards has actually come out several times officially because the book looks like an official D book and they've come out several times and saying this is not by us <laughs> <So> Don't, <laughs> don't make, this is a uh a pg-13 wizards of the coast product or anything like that so
1: we just got a question yeah. coming shut up everyone shut up we're getting off track we have and got line, um, as we speak right stop it back on track we've got a question from zovia rpg map, maps maps She's not called RPG Max. She's called RPG Maps, and she says, "Has Dave ever found a forgotten taco in his beard?" That's offensive, Sylvia. <laughs> he he was very hurt by a taco good.
2: once. Actually, I pulled out a taquito, half of taquito. I got kind of twisted in the back of my glorious beard. <laughs> it's a great. It taquito. still had a little bit of cheese. That's what kind of kind of held it in place. Is a
0: taquito a taquito. small taco, be like you, Dave?
2: It is. It's like a uh, like a small rolled up burrito.
0: So that's kind and, of understandable. They
2: come in tor- tortilla shells, corn tortilla shells, or you can get them on the flour. Mm. I don't like the corn because they just taste like shit. I like the flour. Okay. So, yeah. But I Nick- took about four, five, six taquitos, put it on a plate, put a nice layer of uh, cheese on there, microwave it, or toast it if I have a little bit more time. And then at the ends. I put just a thin little layer of sour cream, a little bit of guacamole on one side, and then I put some either mild or medium picante sauce on there. And then I just put just a couple chives and jalapeno peppers on top. It's orgasmic. It's And then I go to the Dave cave and fap away while I eat it. So.
1: What's wrong with you, Dave? Okay, and then that just goes into your beard and you just forget about it. Um, yeah, because it's really dark,
2: so I, I took a bite and it must have slipped out. I fell on a delto and <laughs> kind of lodged its way into my beard.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> so, oh. Nick, you, you're you a beard owner too. You ever forgotten
2: anything in the beard? He's, uh, he's got a baby beard grown, yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. Nick um, Nick keeps his a bit
0: shorter, good. though. Yeah, I've got food in it before. My wife has to often <laughs> let me know that it's good. She grooms you like a chimp. Uh, yeah, she does. She does actually trim my beard. So Oh, lovely. Okay, well, good, yeah, and that's D and D Fourth Edition. Everyone, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. But
1: while we're at it, um, let's Dave, um, let's let's it. share our D and D Fourth Edition favorite memories. Because I've got a little story I want to tell you about something that happened to me in D and D Fourth Edition. But why don't you go first? Let's uh, so, something funny that happened to you, something memorable.
2: Hmm. So, well, oh, actually, yeah. Something memorable was. Try try to edition.
1: something that doesn't involve dildos, just for once.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see the tomb. I remember a couple of my players. They were, I think, around level eight or nine. No, they were level eleven. They just hit paragon level, and you know they're they're going around the tomb, thinking that they're owning this place. So one of my players. He jettisons off one of the the other corridors of the dungeon, and he finds a skeletal guardian. And he actually broke. He fell through the floor, went down a chute into a small 10 by 10 chamber that was filling up with gas and also had a skeletal guardian. And skeletal guardian in 4th edition is pretty balls-of-the-wall. I believe it's about 10th level or so. Mm-hmm. And has four arms, gets four attacks around for every... Uh, just m- made mincemeat out of it. That was that was a pretty good memory because my players thought that they were basically unstoppable. And he got chewed like, up. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he he basically became sort of like sick in a baby in a blender. You know what I mean? Lovely. Or, just, <laughs> or maybe like a baby. Well, well uh, can we stricken that from a record? And I'll say sort of like a baby seal in a blender, maybe a baby seal in a blender. I think that'd be a little bit better than a baby in a blender. I'm yeah, doing as so little the,
1: been... editing and this is possible, Dave. You want to be careful what you say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't want to get you in trouble or anything.
1: No, you won't get us in trouble. You get you in trouble.
2: <laughs> <laughs> send all your hate mail to table twat, tabletoptwats.com. Send their, send all your hate mail to them. We don't and even that own that domain.
1: To. That's currently owned by a, um, somebody that makes erotic <laughs> tiles. So we're, we're fine with that.
2: <laughs> um mental note. I'm gonna find out who owns that website and I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll become the owner of our podcast. I know uh, of the site, so I can make this erotic tiles. <laughs> so, I just want to make the tiles. Sorry.
1: Yeah, the memory that I wanted to share, I thought would be pretty funny, was um when I was back on the really early days. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but this is very in my very early days where I think one of the bad things that D and D Fourth Edition does, despite the fact I actually think it's a very fun game to play and a good um, game even if you're starting out playing role-playing games, um, it does kind of a bad job. If you don't own the the red box, you know the starter box for D and D Fourth Edition, it does kind of a bad job of actually describing um, how to be a good DM or how to be a good player. It doesn't really give any well much advice in that regard unless every you,
2: DMG sucks in that regard, except Sorry. for Vampire. Every every DMG. Vampire's quite good at that,
1: but um, yeah. So yeah, I, I we, we didn't really have any advice in that regard. And I was playing a game uh, where my wife was um, was GMing it, and uh, yeah, she she was playing, and it was with my friend James, who um, was uh, he was getting a bit getting a bit uh, getting a bit annoyed because um, he thought that she was trying to kill him, and uh, he just we were in in the middle of a fight, and he just said, "I want to stand on this rock." And she just went, no, you can't stand on that rock. And he went, what can I stand on a rock? It's just a rock. And she just went, you just can't. You just can't stand on the rock. And he went, I'm going to stand on the rock. And she went, all right, yeah, try and stand on the rock then. And he went, okay, I'll stand on the rock. And she went, all right, some poison moss attacks you. You're poisoned. (laughs) And he went, what, I don't get a reflex save. And she went, no, it's so fast you don't even see it. (laughs) And uh, and then he was like, what, how how much damage does it it do? And she was like, D12. And he's like, what? Plus five. Yeah, (laughs) and then uh, yeah, I think I can't remember what happened after that. I think he, I don't think he stormed out the room, but he looked very, very annoyed. And I, I don't think any of that was in the rules anywhere. That was just that's not it's really got nothing to do with D and D fourth edition. But it was just her getting annoyed at him, him getting annoyed back. That's great.
2: (laughs) That's great because she can do whatever she wants. It's her game. It's her world. So, um. Uh,
1: lightning fast poison moss that does D twelve plus five damage. Uh, Yeah. I would That's have good. said like
2: plus 50 damage or something if the if the player was annoying me enough. I would have said it's deep. every. I probably would have said it's every fucking dice in my bag.
0: <laughs> so I've never played d and I've got a confession to make. My uh, maiden voyage into RPGing was uh, called Cthulhu, um, which is Ooh. one of my favorite games of all time. I think I absolutely love it. But I've been intrigued about D&D, but obviously as someone who's never played it, you two guys sell me fourth edition, what's good about it and why I should pick it up as my first game to play if I was going to get into RPG differently
2: to what I did play. Go for it, Harrison.
1: Well, personally, I think the reason that you should um, probably pick fourth edition as your starter one is because currently, right, The I think, I'm just going to, I'm going to fact check this, Beep, boop, boop. I'm going to the lab. Um, That's I- is because I think that the the uh, starter box is actually cheaper than the fifth edition starter box, and it's wicked, bruv Yeah, um, yeah. More though. Ah, uh, it's you, rare. The
2: third, uh, the third, uh, the red box set. Yeah, it's pretty expensive now. Are
1: you I'm fucking shitting me?
2: No?
1: We no, gave it away as a prize. Smart. It's on here for hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> Did you really? What the fuck?
2: <laughs>
1: Manuel, give that back.
2: <laughs> that adventure inside of the starter box is awesome as hell with the chess match and stuff like that. Yeah, that, it was really that cool. It was actually really good. Yeah. What have I done? But the 5th edition starter box that's really good too. Yeah. So you gave that box set away? Wow. Yeah, we that gave it was was away nice. as a prize. It is a nice prize. Wow. I mean it has everything you need. And to to go on top of what Harrison said, 4th edition honestly is it's almost as rule light as D and D five E. So fourth edition is actually new player friendly. Mm -hmm. And the red box is a great start starter set to start because you get a rules book for the players. You get, you know, four basic characters. You also get a great adventure. You get all of the pogs you need. You get double you know, double sided maps and you can enjoy the full Monty of what fourth edition has to offer actually i'm looking at the um, spice, everything
1: the main book on here as well all three books right you can get them on here for thirty quid all in on amazon
2: for all three the yep. player's handbook bmg yeah and the monster deal. manual the mm-hmm. first one
1: yeah and there's loads of um like player made stuff online and like just like dave said there's there's so much variety in the game and it is really really fun to play there's a lot of haters out there i say the one thing is is that the combat takes a long time to play in it but it is actually quite in-depth and quite fun and despite the fact that like on earlier podcasts i hated on it and um you know, was was negative. It had been a while since I played it, and um, you know, n- nowadays, like I appreciate it a lot more than I used to. And and there there are certain things about it that make it really really enjoyable. One of the things that makes makes the combat science specifically is like we were talking about earlier, the encounter, not the encounter powers, the at will powers that you have. So the wizards, you're never. Um, you do have your more powerful spells that you can only use once a day, once an encounter, all of this shit, but you always have your at-will powers, so at all times you're always slinging spells and using magic, like if you've played the game uh, Warhammer N Times, Tide, you're always doing this cool shit where you're fucking shooting fire out the end of your fucking... Wand and all of this shit, and that's how you feel. You're like an action wizard. You're not a pussy wizard. This like, I've used my magic missile for the day. Well, better go rest. You're you're like you're cool. <laughs> I have to use my dagger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, guys, to the bushes.
0: Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, a-, a warlock will be always chucking an acid orb every turn, you know. you you're, it's it's more mm. of a like like that kind of thing, and yeah. it is it is a good laugh, man. I I enjoyed the fuck out of it. W- what I played, I was a shit DM back in those days, and we still every so often got got together and played it and enjoyed it. And yeah, I I would recommend it for for anyone getting into D and D. Yeah, and if people were gonna hate are gonna hate on us on this podcast so much, but but fuck those guys, Nick. Next hey. question.
2: Fuck them. You know, it's like when Tips. you're playing any other edition, you attack with your longsword. It gets boring. You can only say, I attack with my longsword so many times. Now, when you're playing fourth edition and you're playing, sure, you still have that boring longsword. But you have a, you know, say if you're playing a fighter, you can play your daily power called Brutal Strike and do eight times the weapon damage. I mean, who doesn't want to see eight longsword damage rolls, you know, if a longsword's 1d8 damage and you use Brutal Strike, you know, I walk up to this orc, and I'm pulling my inner fortitude. I'm, I'm using Brutal Strike on this fucking orc, and I'm going to do 8d8 damage on it. Who doesn't want to see a bunch of dice rolled? Sure, granted, it's a daily power, and you could do it once a day, but... That's the variety that I'm talking about. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Stuff that's like another that, cool thing. Instead of thing. Just saying I attack with my longsword, I'm a robot. Attack with my longsword. I'm gonna fucking brutal strike this thing and I'm smash its goddamn head in. Not to mention, that's what I'm doing. I'm if you want to be an strike.
1: actual robot. <laughs> Warforged mate You can be an actual robot if you, It's not a <laughs> robot Technically well, It sort of is It's an automaton
0: Sounds pretty damn cool
1: So yeah Because the fighters Get like all these Interesting powers too So you can kind of be like I- Instead of like Picking feats like Cleave and and Things like that You c- you actually have These like sick powers And like um, People yeah. tend to save Their daily powers For like when you get To a boss So every time you get To a boss People are like Rolling like I don't know, 50,000 dies, and everyone's like just wailing on them and doing like millions of damage. And it's such a good laugh. Like, you always have these cool moments in 4th edition, despite the fact that people say there are boring moments, and there are. But which role playing game doesn't have their boring moments? Even sure. Savage Worlds, Fast, Furious Fun, should be renamed Fast, Furious Fun,
2: Sometimes Boring. Only when you're doing chases, though. Yeah. <laughs> chases, it sucks in and, <laughs> and Savage Worlds. I don't like them, but. I kind of modify But that's just...
1: That's every system. Every system has its has its boring moments, and so does 4th edition. But, yeah, you would love it, mate. We, we should... I'll, I'll do a one-shot. I'll do a one-shot.
0: Do a little one-shot. Nice. And what tips would you give to, like... Because you're both um, experienced D&D 4th edition players and also enjoy it. So what what cheeky little tips would you give to keep that fun flowing? Because you know what the bad points are. And, yeah, like, they can modify stuff and make it a bit more streamlined. What would you say you little your little tips
2: to to get to get the most out of 4 uh, foray. don't overthink it there's not as many rules as you think honestly choose a class that you're going to have fun there's plenty there's you know three players handbooks then there's a bunch of other supplements that have more classes like i said there's like 77 or 80 classes in 100 races choose whatever you want play whatever you want you know if you're going to play a cleric you don't have to just be a you know a cleric that cast ceiling spells you can be a badass melee cleric or you know if you want to play a wizard you don't have to play just a traditional wizard that just casts spells you can get in there in full full full-blown armor and you know have a long sword or a two-handed sword and and you can be a, a a spell singer or a blade singer you can be whatever you want 4th uh, edition's got a lot of versatility to it
1: I've also heard a lot of people complain about uh, the the world of D&D 4th edition because they made a lot of changes from 3.5 such as adding in um, the new type of uh, elves, the Aladrin um, yeah. which are you know, really pretty elves and mm-hmm. um, adding in things like the Dragonborn which are not the ones like from Skyrim they're more like um uh, let's say a dragon had sex with a person i can't remember the actual law but um a, they're like, like a
2: draco maybe yeah like, like a draco yeah a humanoid dragon like
1: draco malfoy um so yeah basically it's it's like half dragon half person and they had things like that and people are like stinks and it's like well the good thing is is that you can make up your own why the fuck do you read this book that's like you unlock all your imagination do whatever you want the whole world is your oyster and you go but i have to stick to this one book and it's not right what the fuck is wrong with you what did make up your own shit then if you don't like it
2: yeah yeah i've noticed since getting into streaming i've noticed that to some people air quotes here because you can't see them some people if it is written in a book, it is, they live and die by it and it is the end all be all. And if you change it, their head literally fucking explodes off of their shoulders. Seriously. Cause they just can't handle uh. when you change rules in a book and believe me, it's out there. I, I've gotten so many emails on things that I've changed in games and stuff. And, do, I do a lot of moduled content. I'll p- add in my own content or change something, and man, I will get emails saying, oh, I can't believe it! You're doing a disservice to the game when you're changing things." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, get a fucking life, man, please. But don't yeah, that it was, happens. It happens. Uh, that's another tip
0: as a framework. I think, like me personally, I mean, I know D and D's got a lot of legend to it, and there's a lot of you know whatever goes with it. But I, I never got on that. Most of, of it's shit. Yeah, well, there we go. uh, I've I've said it. I've said said it.
2: it. And I see, like, when you send your email to Harrison, yes, but
0: we don't care. We don't, but no, you (laughs) you get a core rule book. You're excited, you know, you want to see, see what it's like. You start reading it and stuff, and it's not the be all and end all of everything was in written in that book sometimes if it's better for your group to change something or m- m- house rule something to get more out of your your, your group then you've got to do that that's yeah. the role it has to come first in my opinion
1: absolutely oh, and, right. and the thing is it's it's all it's all um subjective you know it doesn't matter if 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 people like you know the law in those D books absolutely fine if you don't like it you know, um, change it. And I, But I think so many people complained about the fourth edition lore. So that's my other tip um, for getting along with these books. Because some of it is a bit dank, is a bit rubbish. Um, so just, yeah, be prepared to just, just strip it out. If you don't like Dragonborns and you think they're stupid, change them. It's just like how people in Pathfinders find gnomes to be stupid. Of course, gnomes are stupid. That's why I like them. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, uh, if you don't like that, just say to players, by the way, I'm not allowing Dragonborn in this game because they're dumb. It's, it's, it's
2: really yeah, that it, simple. Two people get up and just walk out the room. <laughs> They're like fuck. Another huge thing was they took the gnomes out of the first. Oh, they did. Yeah, there were no gnomes. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and they added tieflings. They added the dragonborn into tieflings. So that yeah. was a, that was a huge rash of shit. And another thing was they the default setting for D and D, you know, uh, was at three point five was the Forgotten Realms. Well, they got away from the Forgotten Realms, although there was a campaign book and a player's book mm-hmm. later on down the line put out for fourth edition but their default setting became the ninter veil for fourth edition and i personally i love the Nentervale veil because it's about 300 miles across and about 250 300 miles wide and it's just packed full of lore you still can't in a lifetime get through all of that stuff and you know, see everything there has to be offered by the Nentervale. Now in the Forgotten Realms, you know, the lands of Faerun are the size of the United States. Three thousand miles wide, a couple thousand miles. You'll never see that too. And plus they don't support a lot of it. But in the fourth edition, Nentervale was was beautiful. It was beautifully put together. And I, I think it was I think Mike Merles put most of uh most of the Nentervale together and all of all of the adventures you could open up one of the adventures book and say this is exactly where it's at in the Vale. so you could always know what's going on and, and it would always tell you about the region granted sure it does talk about you know that in 5th edition well but they did a really good job for a brand new you know, campaign setting, they did a really good job with it. And I wish more people would give it a chance. And I, and I would even like to see 5th edition do an Intervail setting. I mean, I, I, I would love to see that. I mean, it's it's actually really well put together. And the nine-part the nine, uh, Orcus campaign that, you know, was the main module series for 4th uh, edition, it all takes place in the Intervail. And it's nice to see things unfold in the Nenterville as you progress in your campaign and stuff. So it's it's pretty cool. And then there's all kinds of other things, you know. As you mentioned the, you know, uh, the book of Dungeon Delve. There's thirty adventures, levels one through thirty. Three parts to each adventure, and those are even. And the Intervale. Those were so awesome. Nice. So you would really like them,
1: Nick. Um, it basically was a bunch of really small adventures. Each one would mm-hmm. take you one session, pretty much, to play, and mm-hmm. they were they would like each level you up, basically. Oh, so awesome. it was just levels one to thirty, and this whole thing with like simple. Um, I seem to remember them being storyless, uh, but I might be wrong there.
2: They, they, there was a there was a basic story to it. Why you were there.
1: Yeah, it was just like you know, this guy has been kidnapped, go and save him. Like sim- yeah. like really yeah. simple like that, but you could yeah. add what you wanted to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also give you hook points at the end where you could continue on. And then if you were, you know, if you were a subscriber to the D&D Insider and you had access to Dungeon Magazine, a lot of the times Dungeon Magazine would put extensions on to the Dungeon Delve. So if you got through with this part, of say if you got rid of uh, if you finished the level 2 dungeon delve then maybe a couple months down the line when dungeon magazine came out there would be another adventure that continued on where you left off in the level 2 dungeon delve so it was actually pretty cool it was really cool Um, we have just had another question in
1: um, so we're going to interrupt the flow yet again and this question comes in from Bill Lear Um, he is the, the Billium Yep. He says, what is Dave's favorite Savage World setting?
2: Mm -hmm. I have two. My my favorite setting, I think the best story is probably 50 Fathoms. Mm -hmm. I love 50 Fathoms. I love the plot point style campaign. But my favorite setting, I would have to say the most detailed setting, would be Hellfrost. I love Hellfrost. So, Hellfrost slash... Fifty Fathoms. Those are my two favorites.
1: I think Bill's going to be happy with that. He's a big Hellfrost fan. He is.
2: Yeah. I I, I love Hellfrost. I have every single book. And in fact, I'm having the, the map pack that I bought, the 56 panels worth of map to be put together that's going to make like a five-foot wide map and three-foot high. I'm going to have that. I'm gonna take it down to the, the framing store and I'm gonna have them make me a, a nice framed Hellfrost world map. Very nice. Of Racelon. Yeah, it's gonna I'm gonna probably have to reinforce the northern wall of my home to have this thing on the wall. This thing is gonna be massive. Do
1: you know what annoys me about, about Hellfrost <laughs> though is that I'm I'm not entirely sure that it's pronounced Racelon. I think it's Rasselon. And do you know I think
2: it's Rasolon, yeah.
1: But i I think that it annoys me because it, it makes me Every time I hear it, it makes me think of um, somebody in, like, uh, an American accent saying, let's get our wrestle on. Like, let's get our wrestle on.
2: Or maybe saying let's Bournemouth love. as Bournemouth. We're exactly. going to call Bournemouth bornymouth yeah.
1: Let's yeah. get our wrestle on.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, well, let's yeah. call Leicester or Leicester. It's the same thing, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway, point is, um, he also says, and god damn it, how many screens does he need? I am jealous. What's he talking about?
2: The screens are. I run, I are run high four high. monitors. Talking four. about my monitors, I run four monitors. Four monitors.
1: Is so that I four? can watch
2: four English Premier League games at one time on Saturday and Sunday, or I could watch. Four different porn videos at one time.
0: Dave basically lives inside the intertubes now. He's become to that level. So you just you just
1: live on the four tubes of the internet. I don't. We we don't. We haven't figured out how the internet works actually, Dave. We're trying to figure it out. But one one of these days, we're gonna get there.
2: Maybe we could have Al Gore on the show one time. He created the internet, so he
1: also invented maybe. the move, the Gore, and then he taught it to bulls. Fun fact So, um, I didn't n-
2: know that, boy you learn something new every day <laughs>
1: Exactly um, Our next question comes in from Matt Stark He said, if you were playing Hot Guys Making Out As superheroes, what would your character be? Now, do you know what Hot Guys Making Out is?
2: Is that a Real role playing game? Now wait do there David, s-
1: I've got a treat <laughs> for you
2: oh, fuck. Sorry, then, Mike. i got to see this I'm
1: coming back This will blow your mind I've got a real okay, role playing game for you here. here. <laughs> Coming up. Oh my god. And just, here it is. Oh my god.
2: This is hot guys making hot out. Guys making out. Are you fucking kidding me? That this is unweavable.
1: Passionate role playing by Ben Lehman and Amber Lupfer. And this is um this is a gay role playing game set
2: during the Spanish Civil War. You're of course, out. of
1: course it's set during the Spanish Civil You're War.
2: It even has an assigned time period to it. That's pretty awesome. Hot, I guy's, the hot making out. guys making out would be enough, but <laughs> adding in you know, the Spanish period is is kind of like a bonus that was thrown in.
1: There. Hot guys making out is a role playing game about the forbidden passion between Honore, a reclusive former nobleman, and Gonsalvo, his young ward. It is a story about passion and romance about love blossoming amidst the brutality of war.
2: Yeah, I would name my guy Pep, and I would have like a. I would have a bald head with a gold loop earring and I would have a low-cut V-shirt almost down to my belly button and my chest hair would be like piano wire.
1: Yeah, but he yeah. said you have to have a superpower
2: as well. My super, What would my superpower be? Yeah. Maybe x-ray vision that I could look through <laughs> guys' pants or something to look at their crotches.
1: See, I think in the context oh of this game, that would be yeah. handy. You become instantly
2: oiled at will. Oh, there you go. See, and it'll be dri- it it will actually drip off of my piano wire chest air
1: See, that would be handy for two reasons. For A, for the um for the context of, you know, filthy stuff and for escaping during the war times. Yeah, very
0: true. I'm so glad you bought that game Harrison. Yeah, I know. I don't know if I am. So am
2: I <laughs> I, I'm actually kind kind of intrigued. I almost kind of want to read some of that now.
1: Well, that um, I don't know if this is a spoiler for future content because I sort of wanted to surprise people for it. But we are going to be playing that. So it, well, Nick isn't. I'm going to be playing it with my wife and her friend soon on bonus I'd content. I'm going
2: out of town for that weekend. I won't be available. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: David, you promised. You could be a special yeah. a special guest M- NPC. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be, Pepe's be, coming on the super powered
2: Pepe. Pep, not, sorry. Pepe, just Pep, okay. not, not Pepe, just Pep not Pepe, just Pep Pep and he'll have like this, maybe during the Spanish Civil War or something like that he had a like a throat gash from like a saber or something and Pep talks like this <laughs> check out my piano wire chest hair
1: I don't I think like, either of us need to answer Nick because yes, I think David's really stolen yes. the show there I think they, what cute. they trying to say is can you send him the game yeah, David, I'm sending it to you. All right, <laughs> come on. You just I'll swap it for your fourth E collection.
2: <laughs> that's that's a pretty fair trade. <laughs> it's worth about the same. So, um <laughs> I know they're giving fourth edition stuff away now. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, apparently not the red box, which I gave away.
2: <laughs> I had I had three of those at one time. I gave a couple away too, but we fucked up.
1: Yeah. Anyway, the yeah, point is...
2: You fucked up, especially if that was your only one. Yeah, you fucked up. I
1: did fuck up. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, Anyway, the point is is what we want to say. We want to conclude the show here. Um, I want to say to everyone listening that I think you should uh, check this game out because actually the core rules you can get for pretty cheap nowadays. And um, like we've said, I think it brings a lot of dynamicness to all the classes. And I think that it brings... Um, a lot of fun where previously there was not fun in D and D.
2: You can get it for free actually. You can get it from Drive Through RPG. Just type in Fourth Edition box set, and there's two boxes. There's two box sets. The red box, which is the one that came out during Essentials, that's not free, but the role-playing game starter set that's free. It comes with all of the rules and it also comes with the first adventure. Also,
1: are you fucking shitting me? That's free it is free
2: it is totally free yep. no money whatsoever not even one pound not even one dollar i had to pay Absolutely 10 pounds to
0: get this sex game <laughs> and you could have got dnd for and i'm not
1: even a gay man <laughs>
0: <laughs> game sounds good i would love to maybe put you both on the spot now and say shall we play a bit of full fee at
2: some point yes we should <laughs> and a line plus, a David OGM for us. Say about fourth edition. One one last thing, it's also DM friendly too. Everything is set up beautifully for a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is there. And Harrison, you can attest to this. Everything is set up so easy for a DM. The best is. edition by far are set up for a DM. So even better than fifth edition in my opinion. Couldn't anyway, agree next, more. That's all I'm going to try to sell on fourth edition.
1: So I think um, everyone should, should go out everyone should go out, get that little freebie from uh, RPG, and just play like a one-shot with your mates and see if you enjoy it because I'm certain that you will. It is actually um, a lot better than people think it is. We're not just on here trying to do a hot take, trying to be controversial and all of this kind of bollocks. Um, I know throughout the podcast it has seemed like that um, because we're idiots and incompetent.
2: Yeah, fuck the 40 haters. Yeah,
1: exactly. But genuinely um, like you said, a lot of the people that hate on it haven't tried it and all have um you know maybe skewed opinions about it due to due to other haters out there and stuff. I think give it a try yourself. See if you actually like it and and give it a go because it genuinely is a lot of fun and it can be a good introduction to D&D as we've said to Nick earlier on in this podcast. So give it a go. Yeah. Take our advice and um yeah, play it because you will enjoy it. And I want to thank uh Matt and Bill and Zovia for sending in questions. There's a great guys and I want you to go and check those guys out on Google Plus because they are good people to follow and they often post porn, so that's good. Hey, um yeah, go. that may or may not be true. And thank you very much, David, for coming on. You're a great guy. Yeah. And they don't care, like go i school.
0: They go rush on it, they're the show.
1: Also, Dave, do you want to tell us um, about your show?
2: Well, you can check out my website, digitaldungeonmaster.com, and there's all kinds of... You can get links to anything you need from from my site, or I also stream quite a bit on Twitch. I've just upgraded my studio. Uh, I've got a new sound, new video. Everything's rocking and rolling, so I'm going to start being a lot more active on Twitch. And you can check out my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash digital underscore dungeon underscore master and you can also check out my patreon page where i do a lot of patreon hosted games and stuff like that at patreon.com slash digital dungeon master
0: i've just left a message
1: on your website
0: that's amazing Mm. say as well dave just to finish off as well thank you very much for the um tutorials on youtube i've got to say I've known about you for a Mm. long time. When I got into Savage Worlds, your 101 video was actually the video I sat down and watched all night and took loads of notes. So thank you very much for that. Um, yeah. no
2: problem. I'm going to be redoing all that Savage World stuff um, the way that I've got everything set up now it's going to be much more clear and efficient and, and I've learned a lot since then about Savage Worlds so, so there were some things that I actually kind of left out that I want to kind of redo and update that uh, 101 so I'll be doing that here in the near future So well
1: that's, that's something thanks, to look guys. forward to you for all, the, awesome. all the, people Keep listening. Up the
2: good work you guys are fighting a good cause you couldn't be more You're wrong you are doing a great job
1: Thanks everyone for listening and be sure to check out David's stuff because he is a genius. He is a genius among men and he is doing some great work. So everyone, thank you very much. We are out. This has been a bonus and thank you very much. Goodbye. Love you.
2: Thanks guys.